podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Phillips Laven of the 1012 Podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right. And it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site. And if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. Welcome to the 1012, the podcast that covers all 10 teams in the Big 12 Conference and the four to come. I am your host, Philip Slavin. Thank you for joining us on this Monday. We have a lot to get to today. So much to talk about today that we're not even going to touch on the Big 12 2022 football conference schedule that was released last week. We're going to save that for some offseason. We don't have time for that today. Because that needs like 10 or 15 minutes at least. And I don't have 10, 15 minutes to devote to it. We got a lot of things to get to. I'm not doing it alone. Thank goodness. Joining me as they always do, JSJ herself, Jamie Steyer Johnson. Uh, Philip, you'll be really excited to learn that I actually told my uh, my broadcast partner for women's basketball that you call me JSJ because he always calls me Jamie Steyer Johnson and it gets kind of wordy. And so uh, it started seeping in our women's basketball broadcast too. it is now becoming a thing officially that's awesome it's becoming a thing we are trendsetters here on the 10 12 podcast that's i mean that's that's what i have to say i mean I, it's not we do our best i mean it just it happens it's organic uh also joining us that other uh illustrious voice that you heard booming in andy mitts <laughs> hey how's yeah yeah i uh had to jump the gun a little bit there because that comment was definitely worth it. But, you know, it, it was a little weird not having uh, KU football in both a, a good, like, satisfactory kind of way. But also, I, I kind of missed it this last weekend. I, I kind of wanted to have more football. I don't know why. Must, it's weird. Must be it a was, nice change of pace. It was weird <laughs> not having Kansas football in yeah, early December. I, I know. It's really weird to be even saying that out loud. Like, I'm pinching myself right now because, man... It's weird. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, We did have plenty of football this past weekend. Uh, First, bravo to uh, future Big 12 members, Cincinnati, not only winning the AAC title, but uh, knocking off Houston, the first G5, or I guess the Big 12 representative in the playoff this year. Yeah, there we go. Uh, Thanks to Cincinnati. I like that. Mike Oresco is out there like pumping his chest, roostering. And I'm like, you mean Big 12, future Big 12, who's not even going to be in your conference anymore? Cincinnati, who's already joining the Big 12, who's leaving your conference. That's 
that's that's that's that's weird. That's be like, look at what my ex wife is doing. Isn't she awesome? Be like, aren't you guys like getting like going through divorce process? It doesn't matter. We're still kind no, no, of no. together. You know, she hasn't left yet. It, it was really funny because I was watching that that conference game, that conference title game, the American, and in both of the you know because they always have the ads for the schools that are playing. And mm-hmm. in both the Houston and the Cincinnati one, it said proud member of the American Athletic Conference as these two teams are getting ready to leave to go to the Big 12. It, it was it was awesome. There were two Big 12 title games on Saturday. It was, it was amazing. It absolutely was. Uh, Cincinnati, congrats to the Bearcats. Uh, one other congrats to the Bearcats on. Let's just do this real quick because it needs to be said. Folks, we have, we have mentioned this before that numerous Big 12 teams are available at homebuildapparel.com. Current teams like Texas, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, West Virginia, Baylor, and Iowa State. Future Big 12 members, UCF, BYU, and Houston all have nice collections. Well, guess what Homefield decided to do in honor of Cincinnati making the playoff? They put out a Cincinnati shirt. Now, there's just one shirt. It's not a lot of shirts. It's one singular shirt. But guess what? Cincinnati is now officially, yeah, for now, obviously they're going to put out more, but is now officially part of Homefield Apparel. The vintage Fight Cincinnati White t-shirt. You got a running bear cat on there. It's a pretty nice t-shirt. It's so guess beautiful. what? Cincinnati, you can now use our promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, and get 15% off your first order. You know who else should be using that this weekend? Baylor fans, you should be celebrating at Homefield Apparel. Like, you just, you should. You should be celebrating your Big 12 title at Homefield Apparel, buying some new Baylor merch. There's so many good ones to choose from. Like, how could you not say, maybe you want to just do a basketball because you're like, oh, you know, I love it. Sick and Bears, that good old Baylor line, that would be a good, that good old Baylor line shirt, that might be good after the performance the defensive line had on Saturday. We'll get to that in just a second. So, everybody, homefieldapparel.com. Most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere. Cincinnati, Baylor, go and get yourself some stuff to celebrate. Promo code NETWORK12 gets you 15% off your first order. Get your orders in, especially if you want them in time for Christmas. This is going to take some time. Stuff's moving slow. Go to Homefield Apparel, drop the promo code, save 15% off your first order. All orders of $100 or more get free shipping. Be rocking the most comfortable vintage college sports apparel you will find anywhere today. All right. Uh, Big 12 title game. I am, look, if you're expecting me to be like pissed and 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 spitting vinegar, I'm going to be honest, as sad as this is going to say, uh, Alabama beating Georgia, like, kind of calm some of my nerves. It's like, <laughs> even if we'd have won, Oklahoma State had won, we, I'm going to, like, I, I'm, I, whatever, you know me. Um, even if Oklahoma State had won, they weren't making the playoff. Like, it wasn't going to happen. The Big 12, the actual Big 12, the currently exists Big 12, was going to be kept out of it for Alabama and Georgia. <sighs> whatever. Like, that makes me strangely feel better. Um, but look, props to Baylor. Baylor won that game on Saturday. They won the game. And I want to make sure that I explain this in such a way and give my thoughts on this. Actually, you know what? I'm going to pause my thoughts for a second. Um, Andy, I'm going to let you go first here because I, I want to I want to make sure I feel like less revved from home field ad read. What were your takeaways from Saturday's game in Arlington? I, I've got I've got three basically. One that was some ugly football. Like that was that was really painful to watch at times. And and I I get that part of that is Oklahoma State and Baylor. That's kind of the way that they play. Is their defenses are you know punch you in the mouth and make your offense not do very well. Um, but it was really bad to watch at times. Uh, number two, Baylor actually played a lot better than I thought they would. They played fairly well when you take it, when you look at the entire team. Um, and three was, look, 
it wouldn't be a Big 12 title game without some Big 12 refs controversy. Because I can tell you right now that Baylor lateral pass that they ruled an incomplete pass was very clearly lateral at best, sideways at best, which is supposed to be a fumble. Oklahoma State jumped on the ball immediately. That should have been Oklahoma State ball, and Baylor scored a touchdown two plays later. So, like, if obviously it was early enough in the game that a lot of things would have changed going throughout the rest of the game. So you can't say that that was the reason that Oklahoma State lost, but that was a gigantic play that really swung a lot of momentum and made it a lot harder for Oklahoma State to come back in that second half. And I, I'm, I want to say that Oklahoma State probably would have won the game if not for that, fully realizing that there is a lot of other stuff that would have happened after that that could have made the game turn out differently. But Baylor won by less than a touchdown. They were gifted essentially a touchdown there towards the end of the first half there. And so like, I mean, yes, I, I understand the rest of their scores. Like Spencer Sanders played horribly in this game. And, you know, Baylor was able to key off of that, take advantage of that. But there was one of those that they, one of those scores that they should not have gotten just based off of the rule book. I mean, you look and you see, even with the really bad camera angle that was there, there is absolutely no way that, uh, that uh, Sharpen's, hand or arm with the ball was behind the 21 yard line. When he threw that ball, the ball was definitely either at the 21 or in front of it. And the ball landed on the backside of the 21 yard line on the hash. So it was one of those things I watched it live. I was like, there's no way that they don't rule this to be a fumble. And yet somehow they didn't do it. So, um, but that said, you know, yes, big 12 refs controversy, but Baylor definitely did win the game. They did enough to win the game. And and they made Oklahoma State look really really poor. Uh, I mean, I've watched a lot of difficult games to watch, and I don't know that I've seen a lot of plays that just like gutted me as the end of that football game. And I frankly didn't really have much of a dog in that fight, except hoping for your sake. So obviously Iowa State's had its own share of like rough games down the stretch. You know, you think about like West Virginia this year or whatever, but uh, yeah, that, that kind of bit not fun. So, so let me go through my notes thoughts here. All right. Uh, the ref stuff. I don't care. Set it aside. It doesn't matter. Like I, at the end of the day, I get some of that stuff. Was it a lateral or backwards pass? I don't know. Probably, but you don't have a definitive angle to prove it. And so we're, we're guessing Baylor fans are going to tell you it wasn't other fans are going to tell you it was, and that's the whole point, right? That That's the point. Um, I'm not going to get into the refing in this game. Um, they were a little odd, but whatever. You can't turn the ball over four times. Expect to win. I'll, I'll, here's what I want to tell you. Say Baylor deserves credit for winning this game. They won this game. They capitalized off of Spencer Sanders mistakes both the ones that were forced by Baylor and the ones that they benefited from because of the ball bounced up in the air off of the hands or the helmet or whatever, and the Baylor defense was just able to nab it, right? Uh, and the Baylor defense, props to the Baylor defense, the Baylor defense, when it absolutely mattered, made the stops they had to make, specifically in the red zone, to win this game. Baylor OC, uh, Grimes, beautiful offensive game plan to start the game. That is when Oklahoma State's defense is at its most vulnerable. It's early until... Uh, Jim Knowles has time to adjust, and once he adjusts, he's going to shut your ass down. He did. We'll get to that. Uh, and Blake Shapin started 17 for 17. It took a combination of four interceptions by Spencer Sanders, 
Um, Shapin starting 17 for 17 for Baylor to eke out a 21 to 16 win. And I, and I say that saying Baylor deserves full freaking credit for winning this game. But if I see a Baylor fan trying to talk like they dominated Oklahoma State on Saturday, like we did not watch the same game. Oklahoma State defense held Baylor to two first downs and 36 total yards in the second half. Baylor's 21 points. They scored 21 points off of 95 total yards of offense. 95 total yards. Their touchdown drives came on plays of 11 yards, 37 yards, and 47 yards. They did not score a point outside of that. In fact, the fourth interception, after that fourth interception by Oklahoma State, they had four plays, one yard, missed field goal. Baylor did not score a point outside of those first three interceptions in the first half. The credit in this game goes to Baylor's defense. Absolutely goes to Baylor's defense. Oklahoma State got the ball to Baylor's six-yard line. Or better, five possessions in this game and came away with 16 total points. Now look, I can sit here and break down some of the just most ridiculous play calling by Casey Dunn and Mike Gundy on the last two times that Oklahoma State had the ball at the Baylor one. Seven times the OSU had the ball at Baylor's two-yard line or closer and came away with one field goal. Seven, seven, seven opportunities, one field goal. If you had told me before this game that Jalen Warren wasn't going to play, I definitely would pick Baylor to cover. I still thought Oklahoma State would win because I wouldn't have picked Spencer Sanders to throw a career-high four interceptions. <laughs> yeah, it's a guy who throws interceptions. That's a career-high. So literally, we people came into this game saying, for Baylor to win, things just have to get weird, wacky, and wild. It's exactly what happened. Yeah. That is the that is exactly the to me that is the only way Baylor wins that game is if it plays out the way that it did and it did and Baylor won Baylor was able to take advantage of the situation, play better football, cleaner football, and come away with the win and props to Baylor and but I, that that's the reality of that game from Saturday. This isn't something where like Baylor was just like we can talk if if Baylor loses the game if Oklahoma State scores that touchdown to win that game. The conversation we're having right now is Dave Aranda's decision to go for it on fourth down in a ridiculous spot to go for it on fourth down, which Oklahoma State turned around and turned into the only touchdown they got in the entire game, right? So yeah. that's 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 how close this game was. Was two inches short of a goal line on a run with a backup running back who is not the starter for a reason. And I like Dominic Richardson. I think he's a nice complimentary piece. He's great. Not having Jalen Warren killed Oklahoma State's offense. And they still had plenty of opportunities to win this game. Despite four turnovers, four turnovers, Oklahoma State had plenty of opportunities to win this game, and they didn't. So props and full and complete and total props to Baylor for getting the win, winning another Big 12 title. I am a Dave Aranda fan. I'm glad that he's sticking around in Waco. I'm not kidding. I've said this since I was at Big 12 Media Days. I could sit and listen to that guy talk about football for 24 hours straight and, and never even threatened to fall asleep. I think he's awesome. Props to Baylor for that win. Props to Baylor for keeping him. And look, I'm going to have a hard time until probably May or June preseason power ranking the Big 12 for 2022, but I'm putting Baylor at one. I am. Like, outside of that, I, I don't know who else to put where, but I'm putting Baylor at one. 
because Dave Aranda, as long as Dave Aranda and Jeff Grimes and everybody else in that coaching staff is there, I'm putting Baylor at one. Yeah, if, if you're looking for anyone else to top it, especially going into the year, there's going to have to be something that happens to Baylor as opposed to, I mean, there's not anything that can happen in the offseason that would make you feel better about any of the teams than Aranda's staff, staff somehow breaking up. Like, that's really what it comes down to. Like, that's what it's going to take for you to not think that this Baylor staff can get them back on top of the conference next year. The the one thing I will say, um, this is probably something we should have seen as more likely than we, than we did going into the game. Just because if you think about it, Baylor's already played one really weird, or oh, sorry, one wild and ugly game this year that they happened to win. Um, and I'm sorry, Jamie, I, I hate to do it to you, but I mean, that this Oklahoma State game played out almost exactly like that Iowa State game earlier in the year for Baylor. Like that was the first sign that Baylor was going to be able to capitalize on, on things, that their defense was actually really good and that they were going to be able to have a performance like this. And this game played out almost exactly the same way. I actually kind of feel happier now, you know, knowing that my team got completely destroyed by Baylor. So I didn't have to feel the pain of just, you know, almost coming back on this team and almost winning the game and just falling a little bit short. But it's one of those things that Baylor is set up well to do that sort of thing. They have a defense that can capitalize on mistakes, a defense that can really shut down offenses that aren't just super well, you know, oiled machines and, and an offense that can do just enough. And that's really what we've seen from a lot of big 12 teams this year is that there's defenses that are a lot better than you expect. And then offenses that can typically just do just enough to get there. And Baylor epitomizes that in, in the big 12 this year. So I'll be interested to see what they do in the bowl game. I'll be, in, be interested to see what the rest of the big 12 teams do in the bowl game, because it's going to be a really kind of weird evaluation of the big 12 as a whole, seeing how they do against these other teams in the, you know, out outside of the big 12, um, because we've seen so much weird play here in the Big 12 that I don't really know how to, you know, match it up to to outside the conference. We're going to get to bowl games in, in just a minute. The season is basically over. I mean, really, we only got one win available for, for the rest of the teams in the conference that are going bowling. So one more opportunity to win this year on symbol with the shares from your Big 12 teams, which I've got, I've got two opportunities here with Baylor and Kansas State. The Kansas share is done for now, but I'm not going to lose it. Of course, Symbol is the stock market for sports that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. Symbol, you can trade sports teams like stocks, and every time your team win, you earn cash. Use your sports knowledge on Symbol to buy low, sell high, and earn cash payouts. Win those teams that you owe shares of win. Again, college football season's wrapping up, but the NBA season is going strong. NFL season still got a few weeks left. NHL is going strong as well, so if you feel like taking your shares and, and selling them from college football and moving into the NBA or NHL market. That's certainly something you can do. If you want to sell off a Kansas share for cheap, I will buy that share. You want to sell off a Kansas state share for cheap. I'll buy that share too. You want to sell a Baylor share for cheap. Woo. Let's go. Uh, if you haven't done simple yet, now is a great time. It's a perfect time. Maybe you've been nervous about it. Unsure. This is the opportunity. Go to symbol.com. S I M B U L L.com. Create a free account. When you make your first deposit, use the promo code NETWORK12, N-E-T-W-O-R-K-1-2, for a money-back guarantee. Symbol is offering a, offering a money-back guarantee to all listeners of our show. That means that even if you lose money in the first 90 days, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. That is up to $500. So, initial deposit, up to $500 money back guarantee within the first 90 days 
You don't like it. It's not going the way you want. You've lost some money. You've decided you want out. They will give you a full refund. No questions asked. So go to symbol.com. Use the promo code NETWORK12. Your deposit will have a money back guarantee up to $500. Go check it out. Give it a try. It's a risk-free opportunity. I think you're going to like it. I don't think you're going to want your money back. I think you're going to want to put in more. Welcome one, welcome all. And yes, I want you to be listening to the Tortillas and Tanks podcast presented by 1012 Network. If you are a fan that is of a team that has 12 wins, going to the national championships every year, that just loves to talk about all the success that your program has had, well, then you're probably not a Texas Tech fan. However, if you are a fan that just likes to really be in it every week, and, and really have a real good shot at winning it, you're also probably not a Texas Tech fan. However, if you have really high highs and really low lows and really drink quite a bit, you might be a Texas Tech fan. So come along and party with us here at Tortillas and Takes. We're going to sit back, crack open a cold one, eat some tortillas, and, and as always, we're going to stay wrecked, people. Bold people. I am, let me put it this way. If I hear somebody say, you know what? There's just too many bowls. There's too many bowl games. I will block them on social media because I don't even, I don't, I don't want you in, I don't need that negative energy in my presence. Not even, there's enough negativity on Twitter. I don't need that kind of negativity on Twitter. Okay. I don't need any of that. Bowl games are awesome. I love them. I want weird ones. Folks, the Gasparilla Bowl, which as I have been told is basically like a giant pirate festival that also has a bowl game going on in Tampa Bay. Yes, is it pitting is. I have Florida, Florida and UCF, the University of Central Florida, in case you're not sure which future Big 12 team that is, are facing off in Tampa Bay in a bowl game. If that doesn't get you a little bit excited, I don't know what does. I don't know what will, because that sounds absolutely amazing. Missouri's going to play Army. Ugh. When does that ever happen? Never. That's not a thing you get to see. Uh, we got... So many bowls. We're going to break down the Big 12. I do want to highlight the bowl games for the teams that are coming into the conference, the four other teams. Of course, Cincinnati, they're part of the playoff, which is incredible and awesome. And I cannot wait to watch them probably get crushed by Alabama, but I don't care. I'm glad they're there. And we're not going to dog Cincinnati for getting crushed. We're like, what should you give putting a G5 team in? Because Oklahoma gets crushed by Alabama and other P5 teams get crushed by Alabama. Notre so Dame. let's not play that card. Like okay? Everyone let's gets not- crushed by Alabama in the playoff. Let's not let's not go there and be those people, okay? That's selective memory kind of nonsense. Uh, so that's number one. Uh, we also have BYU, which I, how do, how does BYU beat five Pac-12 teams and end up in a bowl game with UAB from Conference USA? And no, no insult to UAB, but like BYU deserved a game against a Power Five opponent, a decent Power Five opponent, instead of going to the Independence Bowl to face UAB at three thirty. Yeah, for on a Saturday. You you have all these bowl tie-ins to blame for that. BYU does not have Ugh. a tie-in that is anywhere except for I mean that I, I believe the, the Independence Bowl and the Poinsettia Bowl are their two or actually I think the Poinsettia Bowl might have They go to the become, Vegas Bowl all the time. No, no, no. BYU goes yeah, to the Vegas Bowl they've all got, the time. They've got like three different bowls that they are essentially in the rotation for. Um and they can get to one of those automatically or they go to a New Year's Six Bowl. Like that's it. Those are the only options for them. And so Vegas is Wisconsin and Arizona State. Please, BYU-Wisconsin would have been incredible. Oh, that would have been fantastic. I would have loved oh. to see that game. Oh, by the way, we have talked about that no bowl has better social media presence than the Duke's Mayo Bowl, who is offering—last year they didn't do the, like, Mayo path on the winning coach. 
They came out on Twitter, apologized for teasing that that might happen, and now saying we will give $10,000 to the charity of your choice if the winning head coach will allow themselves to be get the mayo bath. Oh, that's hilarious. That is freaking awesome. $10,000 to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. Be like, really? You're going to be like, we, you want to be that person? Like, no, you get dunked in mayo and you get on social and you be a, a king among kings. Yeah. Like it's North Carolina and South Carolina. Look, the only way that that doesn't happen is if the coach of the winning team says that they will donate money so they don't have to get dunked in mayo. Let me, let me reiterate the head coaches who are playing in this. Um, Shane Beamer of South Carolina. Mac Brown of North Carolina. Who doesn't want to see Mac Brown get a mayo bath after oh, winning this game? Fantastic. I would Does that not just, it. if that doesn't wet your whistle. I don't care. It's too many foes. I don't want to. All right, Grinch. Okay, go climb up into your mountain. Okay. Be all Jim Carrey and leave the rest of us alone. I don't want to, I don't want to hear anything about I, I cannot wait. That sounds absolutely incredible. Uh the Birmingham Bowl is uh, Houston going to be facing off with Auburn, so Houston getting opportunity against an SEC team. That is absolutely incredible. Uh and that covers all of the teams that are coming in. Okay, Big 12 games. Big 12 games. We have seven teams going bowling. I'm very excited for this. Um I have ranked them all myself from top to bottom. So we're going to go in my order, reverse order, 7th to 1st. And please understand like doesn't mean I don't like your bowl game. It's just the one I'm like, I'm going to watch them all because I'm that kind of person. Uh, in last place, I, I have the Texas Bowl, Kansas State, and LSU. Um, I am, I am, I almost, I almost didn't put this last. And you know what? I'm actually going to, hold up. I'm going to, I'm going to allow myself to do something real quick. I'm going to flip these last two. I'm going to put this one in sixth. Last place is Oklahoma and Oregon in the Alamo Bowl, which doesn't make any sense because it's the Alamo Bowl. It's essentially like the, Second place, Big 12 game. You're supposed to be the second or third best team. You're facing off one of the, the second <laughs> place team from the Pac-12. You're playing in this nice Alamo Bowl. And I'm like, you got Oklahoma who doesn't have a head coach. You've got Oregon who might not have a head coach come Monday because Mario Cristobal might be at Miami. And then what if we, blah, blah, blah. Um, And this bowl game that should be usually pretty good has zero luster whatsoever. Like it's Oklahoma and Oregon. This should be an awesome game. And honestly, like, outside, like I don't think OU fans even care. I don't think Oregon fans care because they were supposed to go. Like, this just really feels like a bowl game that's usually really good just feels like, well, it's happening this year with two teams that, that like, don't care. I, I, I don't have a lot of, like, intrigue in this one. And it really feels like one of those games where, are we going to get a close game or is are we going to have a blowout either way? Look, you got everything that you need to know about this game when they did the publicity before and like normally, you know, when, when the bowl matches are announced, they get the head coaches on the line and they, you know, sit there and they answer questions and, and all of that stuff. And they have like a press conference, essentially the, uh, the Alamo bowl people put a note out to media members. And this was all over Twitter uh, saying that the media members will not be allowed to ask either interim head coach, Bob Stoops or Oregon head coach, Mario Cristobal, any questions that all questions to them would be coming from a quote unquote neutral bowl official, um, which, you know, essentially, I mean, I understand why they did it, but like that tells you just everything that's circling around because I can guarantee you none of the questions that media members would have asked would have anything to do with the game itself and would all be about head coaching 
issues that were going on at those two schools. Um, this this game could very well be a train wreck. Like it literally is. Which team is going to be best poised to ignore the fact that their programs are dealing with huge amounts of turnover potentially and are just going to be able to actually focus on this game. And I'm not sure who's actually going to be able to do it. Yeah. I like, I'm going to watch it because you know, that's what we do, but I, I don't, I have mild curiosity. Okay. In sixth place, get this. All right. LSU, Kansas state, and the Texas bowl. Um, this bowl game, New Year's Day, January 1st, we got five big bowl games. Outback, the Citrus Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Rose Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. Tuesday, January 4th at 9 p.m., the Texas Bowl. And then the National Championship six days later. This is the last bowl game on the schedule. It comes three days after the last big day of New Year's Day, all by its lonesome. What? There's always one of these, but usually it's some game between, like, the MAC and, like, the Sun Belt. It's an SEC Big 12 game. On January 4th, between LSU and Kansas State. An LSU team that doesn't have a head coach. I mean, they've hired a new head coach, but like their head, they don't have a head coach. Their head coach is gone. Uh, Edo is not coaching this game. And the reason I wanted to move this one up, because I am mildly intrigued in this game, because Kansas State, Coach Kleiman, uh, relieving offensive coordinator Messingham from his uh, his role as the OC, he's been fired, has been let go. Uh, and Colin Klein, former Kansas State quarterback of note, uh, will be serving as the offensive coordinator for this game in what feels like a bit of an audition for him, like an opportunity for him to earn this job based upon whatever happens in the weeks of preparation leading up into this bowl game against an LSU team. Like, But at the same time, I'm like, it's a Kansas State team that We'll see, can they be healthy for this game? It's an LSU team that, like, I kind of think going into it, I don't think they care, but also they ended the season so well, maybe they will? I don't know. Like, it's, everything about this game is weird. I just have a mild interest in this and to see how Colin Klein does as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm somewhat interested in this one. You're right, the, the timing feels really weird. And it's another one where you've got some weird shenanigans going on with the head coach of one of the teams, and... Look, Kansas State, for everything that happened this year, they want to end the year on a good note. So they're going to come out fired up, motivated for this one. And like you said, it is a, you know, a uh, kind of a, an audition for for Colin Klein as the offensive coordinator there. So it'll be interesting to kind of see what they're able to do. Um, you know, it, I just, there's a lot of potential turnover uh, on this roster. You know, I've. I've heard some rumors about potential transfer QBs that they're that, that Kansas State's looking at. So like there's they've got to get some stuff going. They've got to really show what it is they're doing. And I mean, I'm guessing that Skylar Thompson's gonna be the guy that plays in this game, but um, you know, I don't know what his injury he, status he's healthy. is. Healthy. Right, right. Yeah, I don't he, know what his injury he is. Probably. Yeah, I don't know what his injury status is and what it's gonna be a month from now. Um, but you know, if he's not healthy, then this is a perfect opportunity for Will Howard to show why he should be, you know, the backup. Uh, he has to actually be able to do it. And that's the thing. Um, so that's probably the most intriguing thing though, here is what is Kansas State going to be able to do? And do they get to the point where they're comfortable with who their backup quarterback is next year? Or do they need to really seriously go shopping for a QB in the, in the transfer portal? Uh, it was just uh, a day ago this past weekend, Nebraska transfer quarterback, Adrian Martinez was visiting Kansas state. So and when I said, like, do a Kansas State fan team be interested on Twitter? They were all like, yes, because I don't think any of them have faith in Will Howard. And I don't either. Mm. I don't have 
Well, and Jamie, and, and, uh, and there's oh. open questions whether Martinez's issues have are Martinez's issues or Scott Frost's issues or at Nebraska. Yeah, Jamie, uh, Kansas State, LSU, got any uh, got any interest in that one? I'll I'll probably watch, <laughs> <laughs> but I frankly I I don't know. Uh, it's hard because when it gets this far into basketball season, I have. L- so many actual commitments that come ahead of like any interest I have in football. Like, actually, I don't know if I will watch because I'm probably going to be on the road. Uh, Cause we play at OU the next day and I'm calling the game. So I don't know. I'll watch if I can. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Number five on my list, the guaranteed rate poll out in Arizona, West Virginia and Minnesota. You put teams from West Virginia and Minnesota in Arizona in a bowl game that will not kick off until 9.15 God's time on a Tuesday night. Yeah. For those who don't get off the week of that week, um, a Tuesday night 9.15 kickoff central time. Uh, Hey, the Alamo Bowl, by the way, is an 8.15 p.m. kickoff on a Wednesday between Oklahoma and Oregon. Uh, Nine fifty. Uh, like, am I gonna stay up and watch this? You bet your ass, I'm going to. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. This one's here because I don't necessarily dislike this bowl game, but I'm also like, okay. Like, somebody sell me on this bowl. Other than like Neil Brown needs to get this bowl win. It would benefit Neil Brown to get a bowl win, finish with a winning record for the season. Uh, it's Neil Brown uh, versus row the boat. So you got Country Roads versus row the boat. Like, I, yeah, all right. I'm just, I'm not like, I, okay. Yeah, I mean, I I think three, four, and five on your list, because I'm pretty sure I know what three and four are going to be. I, they all feel interchangeable to me. Like, if you could put those three, mix them up in a hat, and draw them out in any order, I, I couldn't argue with it. Because, I mean, yeah, there's some intrigue. You want to see what West Virginia is able to do. You want to see how well they're able to, to use these practices to get better. And um, Minnesota's had some issues, shown some flashes. Like, it, it's not like West Virginia's going to be playing a, or I, I should say, it's it's not like this game isn't going to show you anything from a West Virginia standpoint. So I'll be interested to see what they're able to do and see what they're building. But there's nothing, there's no matchup in this game. There's no super intriguing storyline that just tells me, oh, I have to watch this. I mean, I would be watching it for sure, no problem, if it wasn't so late at night. I'm going to try to stay awake for this entire one, but I can tell you right now, end of the year, stuff gets busy at work. I am you know, might end up having to crash before this one's over unless it's just a riveting game that's back and forth and tons of offense and super, super you know, super, I guess, intriguing as the game goes on. The game's going to have to give me something inside of the game to hold my attention here. There's no outside storyline that is super exciting to a fan that is not, or to a a viewer that's not a fan of one of these teams. This is a first-time matchup. These two teams have never played each other. So, you want a little bit of intrigue, there's your intrigue. Not the only bowl game, Big 12 bowl game, between two teams who have never faced each other. We'll talk about the other one uh, coming up in a minute. Uh, okay, moving up my uh, my list here. Hold on. Now I want to know if Kansas State. Yep, LSU and Kansas State have played each other. Okay, we're good there. Moving on the list. Jamie, uh, if I told you before the season started that Iowa State we be playing Clemson in the postseason. You're really excited. In a, in a game in, in Florida. Feel pretty good. You'd be like, we're in the Orange Bowl versus Clemson. This is going to be amazing. Well, um, 
Iowa State is playing Clemson in Florida, not in the playoff. Uh, two teams with very high expectations when the season started, who are now facing off in the Cheez-It Bowl, uh, in which the winning coach does get doused in a bath of Cheez-Its, and it leads for some awesome freaking photos because that's what God, happened I wish that last were year. Me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I mean, you can bet, you can give yourself a cheese bet. You just have that the family do it. Not the same, Philip, and you know it. Okay, fine, fine. Ask your husband to do it for you. <laughs> okay, this is getting a little nope, nope, it's getting Not weird now. Um this one's fourth on my list because I do think this is a huge opportunity for Iowa State, kind of like when they got to play Oregon. <clears throat> I realize it's not a playoff. I, I realize that the season has been not according to Matt Campbell, it's not a disappointing season. But to everybody else, it's a disappointing season. Um, but you do see an opportunity for Iowa State to play a team in Clemson that is a perennial power, you know, has won a national championship in the last few years. Like, I get it, but also the Cheesy Bowls put up some pretty fun games. Like, I know it, it's not, like, generally high on everybody's radar, but I do think there's an opportunity here for Iowa State to get a big win to send their seniors out on. I am I am very intrigued by this game in large part. Like, if it was Iowa State versus, like, Miami, I'd be like, all right. But because it's Clemson, this one gets a bump up. Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's interest. It's definitely an interesting narrative. Um, we're all just kind of waiting to see if there's opt outs coming, um, because you have to assume that maybe there's a couple people that don't want to risk it in a bowl game. But as of right now, we haven't really heard any. Um, and then yeah, it's 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 a fun situation for Iowa State to face off against a really good team. Uh, you know, storied historical team there um and you also have that added bonus of trying to see which fan base from the state of iowa can drink more uh in orlando i don't think they think they they always think they're ready and one fan base is enough to wipe them out and they're gonna have to deal with both back to back there's no possible way to prepare for that Wait, wait, wait. Who who gets there first, Iowa State or Iowa? Iowa State. Okay, which means you, will, you guys you will are gonna, leave nothing for right, Iowa fans. You're going to drink them dry, and Iowa fans are going to be complaining <laughs> about how there's nothing left. Yes! They're going to get gouged. Yes! <laughs> See, that that is that is the biggest victory of all for Iowa State, isn't it? In the no entire bowl for season. Iowa! <laughs> um... As we're going through this, I'm looking through like some other people's bowl rankings and being reminded of some of the matchups I want to put out there while we're talking through this. Uh, Arkansas, Penn State, mm. uh, Oregon State, Utah State. That is incredible. Also, somebody, some Power Five school, wise up and hire Blake Anderson. You will not be disappointed. You probably aren't going to win a national championship, but you're not going to suck ever. Uh, UTSA, San Diego State, yes, please. SMU, Virginia. What a weird freaking. Yeah. matchup kentucky and iowa kentucky is the iowa of the sec <laughs> yes yes iowa also the job that mark stoops will eventually leave kentucky for uh as you mentioned florida ucf that's awesome houston auburn i'm just like uh there can i interest you in a bowl game that will only be available being streamed on barstool no yeah me <laughs> neither there's the one poll i will not be watching this year sorry boise state and central michigan um yeah hey you know what's gonna be a really good idea not that 
Okay, we like, continue. I on this. seriously Sorry, I got can't sidetrack for a second. I, I, but I seriously cannot believe that somebody thought that was a good idea. Let Let's stream it on Barstool and Barstool only. Yeah. Um. Number three, the Liberty Bowl, Texas Tech and Mississippi State. And look, if you look at this on paper, it's a a good SEC team versus a Big Twelve team that barely got to six wins. But this is Texas Tech and Mike Leach. I don't know if this game will be good or not. I don't care. This is Texas Tech versus Mike Leach on Beale Street. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Straight into my veins and just open the faucet all the way. Gimme, 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 gimme. Yeah, I'm just looking forward to the press conference for this one, honestly. Like, Mike Leach's press conference, whether he wins or loses, is going to be entertaining. Yeah. I mean, that's just... That's entertain. That's that's a recipe for entertainment. That's that's sure something. That's all that'll, we can ever ask for. Like, again, something. Texas Tech might get their asses handed to them this game. I, I don't care. I'm going to... Also, let me just say, as someone who's been to the Liberty Bowl, uh, the bowl game's fine. Uh, hanging out on Beale Street beforehand is totally worth going to this game also if you've never been to the uh uh oh i just thought the bass pro shop in the pyramid that's an experience you oh, need to have God, I want and to go there so bad. bucket list for me is actually spending the night in one of the rooms that they have available inside the yeah real thing okay number two don't call me a homer because this is not how this is the reality number two is the sugar pole between baylor and old miss Yes, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame in the Fiesta Bowl is number one, and it damn well should be. Baylor all in this number two, it's close. But, like, yes. Like, can you think of two polar opposite HUD coaches than Lane Kiffin and Dave Aranda? Lane Kiffin, one of the most animated people ever. Dave Aranda, the team has stopped Oklahoma State on fourth down. They have won the Big 12 title. And he doesn't look, he he looks like someone's reading him the minutes from a local city council meeting. Can you imagine two different personalities facing off in a massive bowl game? I, I cannot. Yeah, I mean, I think the only thing that really dings this one for me is just because I like, I don't, I don't know how entertaining the game is actually going to be. Like, this could be another ugly, ugly game. Um, because, Ole Miss has put together some some ugly football at times, and Baylor has a really big habit of making the other team look really, really bad. Um, so it is one of those things where, like, I'm looking at this, and like, I think this is another one where the storylines surrounding the game are, have a decent shot of being more entertaining than the actual game itself when we get to the end of it. And that's not to take anything away from what Baylor does. Um, it's just, you know, even Baylor fans that I've talked to agree that, like, Baylor plays a boring style of football at times. And if not, then something's going wrong. And usually they can make it entertaining and still have a chance to come back from it. But um, if, if you know, if, if Baylor's not playing their best, that's when the game gets exciting. Um, if, if Baylor is going to build off of the Big 12 championship as much as I think they potentially could, this game could be painful to watch. Yeah, I don't have... I don't have big opinions about many of these games, honestly, but I hope it's good to watch. I hope it's entertaining to watch. I, it would be kind of a bummer if so many of these games that look like potentially not great games are all bad games, but I don't know. I'm never confident. 
than anything anymore. So that sounds way more cynical than I intended it to be. No, I should no, say that the Big 12 is just not at its peak this year. And so you hope that they go and compete and you hope that you go and see something interesting. But eh, we'll see. Hey, are you saying because Oklahoma didn't win the conference, the conference is good, Jamie? Is that what you're trying to tell us right now? Yeah. Yeah. You know me. <laughs> God, if it's not Oklahoma, it's probably just a pile of burning trash. Um, This bowl game does offer Baylor an opportunity that they have been unable to take advantage of the last three times they've had a chance to do so. The last three times they have been in a New Year's Six Bowl, they have lost. Fiesta Bowl in uh, in 2013, Cotton Bowl in 2014, and the Sugar Bowl back in 2019 when Matt Rule's there. So, uh... So far, Baylor's had good seasons. They have been unable to win a New Year's Six Bowl uh, during their successful stretch since the a hole that's been run out uh, was run out. Um, so maybe this is a this is a big opportunity for Baylor here um, that I, I don't think can be underspoken. Uh, and of course, number one is Fiesta Bowl, Oklahoma State versus Notre Dame. Uh, OSU was two inches away from being, winning the Big Twelve and still getting left out of the playoff uh, versus Notre Dame, who also probably could have benefited from a Georgia win over Alabama instead of Georgia getting just crushed by Bama. Um, two programs that have never faced off to, against each other in the Fiesta Bowl. Uh, hopefully a healthy Oklahoma State, uh, and we don't see them banged, as banged up as they were against Baylor in the Big 12 title game. Not using that as an excuse. It just is what it is. This is. I'm, I'm pumped for this game. Like, I am, as an Oklahoma State fan, like, here's your consolation prize. That's a damn good consolation prize. Also, every single player in this game, this isn't just the Fiesta Bowl. It's the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. What game would a player want to go to other than the one that hands out PS5s to every freaking player? Congratulations, boys. Doesn't matter what happens on the field. You've already <laughs> won. Here's a PS5. It's true. I'm so jealous right now. Seriously. I know. I'm kind of like, you kids earned that. <laughs> if I see one up for sale on eBay, I'm going to kick you. Uh, I do think this is an incredible matchup. Like two really good teams who've had good seasons. Um, I do want to shout out whoever the reporter was, the Notre Dame reporter, who said that the Big 12 doesn't play defense. They just play uh, backyard football. Um, congratulations on whooping up on bad ACC and Pac-12 teams and Big 10 teams. Um, person who has never actually watched the Big 12 since 2005. And also, has, there, has there a, a team reporter ever been the one to give the opponent bulletin board material before because you just did good job and i don't believe in bulletin board material but okay yeah right sure junior good grief it's fantastic it is it's quite lovely okay all right you know this is fantastic gridiron metal another sponsor here on the podcast that we love no tailgate is complete without a grill and no grill is complete without gridiron metalworks Find collegiate-branded grill grates and griddles for every grill with every Big 12 team, current Big 12 team, available. Don't see your grill among those listed. Don't worry. You can enter your dimensions and get a grill grate or griddle custom cut for you to your grill. Plus, Gridiron offers a variety of home decor items. Let's say you're like, I I already got one of those. What what, what am I going to get? What am I going to get for somebody in my my life who doesn't grill? It's fine. They've got flower pots, stainless steel bookends, coasters, and can coolers, all in the actual school colors, not the just like, I mean, it's... It's it's red, it's not crimson, but it's red. With the holidays here, it's a perfect gift for the hard to shop for. You got a diehard super fan in your life. This is perfect for them. 
You can almost guarantee you'll find something from Gridiron that someone on your holiday shopping list does not have. So right now, when you use the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2, get 15% off your first order. So go to gridironmetal.com, use the promo code 1012, T-E-N-1-2, for 15% off your first order. Link is in the show notes if you're having trouble typing it out. Don't worry, it's there. All orders get free shipping. Get your order in now because, again, it's custom cut stuff. It is custom cut stuff. It ain't just going to be like ship it out tomorrow. So if you want another tree on Christmas Day, get your order in. The stuff is incredible. Go check it out. Basketball season is finally here, Big 12 fans. And for your home for men's and women's basketball, come to Midwest Madness. We are doing game coverages going over game analysis, different rankings of teams, and consistently looking at the best matchups in the conference. You're not going to want to miss out on all the amazing basketball coverage we have, so go check out Midwest Madness. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. We do have to talk about the fact that Oklahoma now has a head football coach. Um, It has not been officially announced, but as of recording this, it probably will be on Monday. Oklahoma is hiring Clemson defensive coordinator, former Oklahoma defensive coordinator, Brent Venables, to be their next head coach. Yeah, actually, Uh, Philip, it did break on Twitter while we were talking about bowl games. Has OU announced it, announced it? Uh, It has been... I was just looking at it. I see Jason Kersey, the plane is in route. I, I repeat, the plane is in route. Their um, AD just tweeted Oklahoma just a football. Emoji. Nope, it says Oklahoma football tweeted Brent Venables officially named Oklahoma's 23rd head football coach. So, yes. Okay. All right. So, it, I, there we go. Uh, we knew it was coming, but it, this has actually happened. Um, of course, long history with Oklahoma. A few thoughts. There's a lot going on. We'll have plenty of time to talk about it. Um, someone who knows the program well, as as Keegan has mentioned here on the show and has talked to us, this was always going to be one of the first guys they called. I know it seems like it took him a little while to get here. I think some of it was in contact negotiations. And you do your due diligence. You you talk to a couple other guys, potentially. Um, but this is where they have fallen. I think this re- this is going to help them retain some of the coaches on the staff that have been there for a long time, like Cal Gundy, who they would be smart to keep around. Um my thoughts on Brent are this. I was told fan, by fans years ago that his defenses at Oklahoma were bad. Um, I was young and just believed nonsense fans told me. Fans were dumb. Uh, let me shout out uh, the uh, S&P Plus rankings for Brent Venable's defenses at the University of Oklahoma uh, 2000, from 2005 to 2011. 9th, 12th, 14th, 23rd, 4th, 13th, and 7th. Yeah, those are really, really bad defenses. Oh, by the way, here are uh, Clemson's defensive ranks under Brent Venables over the last five years, according to PFF. Uh, first, second, first, first, and fourth. I think OU's defense might be pretty good. Well, OU, OU's going to go in the direction that the rest of Pick 12 is. Defense, defense, defense. Um, well, I was going to say, when people complain about Brent Venables' defenses at Oklahoma, what they fail to account for is the fact that the Big 12 was an absolutely ridiculous offensive conference at the time. Like, every offense... In the Big 12 was hitting like crazy. And so it made all the defenses look bad in comparison. But you look at what they did. You look at those rate statistics. You look at the stuff that actually matters. Yeah, they, they actually matched up really, really well, like you like you just went through. And so it's, it's one of those things, if you don't take into account the context of what you're seeing on the field with absolutely killer offenses week in and week out, you're going to miss the fact that those defenses were actually pretty good. They just went up against powerhouse offenses every single week. Absolutely. Look, um, uh, like anything else, um, to, I, as much as I don't care for Danny Cannell, I'm going to steal his bit. Um, I'm going to grade this a C plus because all 
head coaching hires to be graded about a C plus because you have no idea if they're going to work or not. You just don't. It absolutely have no idea. Should this one, could this one work? Absolutely. It's going to depend on his coaching staff. Who does he get as OC? Uh, <clears throat> Joe Brady was just fired by the Panthers. Just saying. Can he keep Caleb Williams on, on campus as the quarterback? What do they do in the transfer portal? Um, all of that stuff is going to matter. So we keep getting close on that. I will notice, I want to wrap this up on this. Um, I will hold off on thoughts on the Jeff Levy rumors as OC. Currently, the OC at Ole Miss. <coughs> Until we know if they're true or not. You can look at Kagan Renault and Alan Kenny's Twitter accounts for thoughts on that, or you can listen to the recent Purple Theory Pod episode of our good friend Stats War, Parker Fleming, uh, to know how to not handle hiring anyone who used to work uh, at Baylor during the Art Bryles era. Uh, if you don't know, Jeff Levy is the son-in-law of Art Bryles. He married his daughter uh, and was there during the Art Bryles era at the end, during the stretch, when they were successful. Um, so, you can see other people's thoughts. My thoughts are very simple. I wouldn't. But that's just me. I don't want anything to do with it. I don't want to touch that era. But that's just me. Obviously, he's not been hired, so it's not really a point that we need to hammer any more than that. I will be keeping a very close eye, as I have with Texas Tech and TCU, to see what the coaching staffs look like. Who are the OC? Who are the DC? Who stays? Um, and we'll grade coaches. I, we'll do some sort of like new coach hire ranking. We typically do. We'll wait to do that until we know what some of these staffs are going to look like, because I do think that is incredibly important. Um, Andy, I know you have to bounce um, real quick. Um, volleyball. Hit it. Yes. Have to talk about volleyball because let me tell you, the Big 12 um, had seven teams like we actually talked about last week, I believe it was. We had seven teams going into uh, the conference or sorry, from the conference into the tournament. Only two of them were nationally seated, meaning that you only expected two of them to get through to the 316 that's going on this weekend. But they actually had three come through. So Baylor and Texas came through as expected being the five and then the two seed respectively, but Kansas upset uh, both Oregon in three straight sets and then Creighton three to one uh, to be able to come out of that region as well. So they will play Pittsburgh uh, noon on Thursday. Uh, then Texas will play. Let's see. It looks like uh six thirty. Yeah. Washington six thirty on Thursday and Baylor gets to play at two on Thursday against Minnesota. Um, also coming you know, to to the Big Twelve, BYU is is actually another really good volleyball team. We I, I think we've we've actually talked about that before. You know, their entire mm-hmm. school um, and and athletic program is usually really really good. They are seated number eleven. They are going to take on Purdue at at ten a.m. on Thursday as well. So there's a lot of Big Twelve and future Big Twelve action going on in the NCAA tournament um, for volleyball. You know, super excited to have Kansas through and and the rest of the Big 12, you know, exceeding expectations if you look at the seating. Um, and then one other note before I before I do have, have to get out of here, future <coughs> Big 12 school BYU women's soccer is in the national championship tonight from when this episode drops. So mon- Monday night they are playing against Florida State for the national title. It's phenomenal to watch that. It's really enjoyable to watch women's soccer. If, if you haven't already, then what the heck are you doing? Because it's all over the place on ESPN+. Plus. Um, but definitely get over there and watch it. I believe it's on ESPNU tomorrow night. So, um, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and head out, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm super excited about volleyball. Kansas is now officially a volleyball school. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> uh, for, yeah, props to Kansas. One of only two unseated. That means you didn't get a seed number of teams to reach this point. Um, them and Illinois both doing it. Um, 
Again, as he mentioned, Texas, the two seed, Baylor, the five seed, both expected to be here. Um, we'll see how they perform this week. And, and again, props to Kansas. They got to go up against uh, three seed Pittsburgh. So we'll see how that, by far the, the most, the best team they faced so far. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Andy, thanks again, man. Make sure everybody follow Andy on Twitter at AndyMitz12, A-N-D-Y-M-I-T-T-S-1-2. Jamie, uh, since we still have you here, let's talk a little hoops. That yes. is your area of expertise. Um Quickly through the men's get side, I want to put, put some focus on women's, let you talk about the betting stuff that you've been working on, on the men's side. Uh, Baylor and Iowa State remain undefeated at 8-0. No. Look, the conference does not have a lot of losses. Oklahoma, West Virginia, Kansas, TCU, Texas Tech, Texas, all with one loss each. Kansas State's 5-2, Oklahoma State 6-3. I don't want to talk about it. Um, the conference looks strong, as always. Um, they, they really do. From top to bottom, it's going to be another tricky conference. We gave props to Iowa State last week. I want to say this. I think Iowa State, they're starting 8-0. They're ranked 19th. They're undefeated. It's incredible. Uh, getting the first road win in a very true road win in a very long time, beating Creighton. If you are an Iowa State fan, there's a game against Iowa this week. I know you know that. <clears throat> that game is the game that's going to tell us just how good this Iowa State team is. Not the Memphis game. That Memphis has now dropped two more since then. I don't think you're putting the Creighton game. It's the Iowa game. And let me just say this. Uh, Ken Palm rankings, it's still early in the season. Some of the stuff balances out. Iowa State, despite their start, is ranked 66th in Ken Palm. They are behind 6-3 and three Oklahoma State. They are behind 5-3 and three Syracuse. Okay, They're behind 5-4 and four Richmond. In large part because Iowa State's non-conference rate of the schedule thus far is ranked 303rd. It's not very good. I think this is a good Iowa State team. I think this is an Iowa State team that, if they continue to play as well as they have, can reach the NCAA tournament. But this Iowa game is the one that's going to tell us where this Iowa State team really is. Iowa's 7-1. They're 21st in Kimpom. Now, look, their non-conference schedule has been worse. They're 353rd. That's not very good. The schedule ranking is not what they, it's not the only thing that Kimpom obviously pays attention to. Um, I think this Iowa game would tell us a lot. If Iowa State makes it through this non-conference slate undefeated, knocking off Iowa and the three other teams they've got, which is like Chicago and Jackson State, and I don't know, like Iowa's the big challenge. <laughs> Iowa is by far the biggest challenge on this non-conference schedule. I don't mean to, I don't want it to feel like I'm continuing to push the the goalposts to use a football reference, but it it does kind of feel that way a little bit. So, really, really, really big game this week for Iowa State. Um, aside from that, men's side. Jamie, who else in the conference do you see that you're just like, damn? Well, I mean, I think that uh, everyone's kind of in the same boat of looking at the teams that seem to be the resounding assumption to bring up the bottom of the conference, which is Iowa State and Kansas State. And all of a sudden, you're having to look at them and say, they might not be that bad, you know? Um, we're obviously still trying to figure some stuff out as far as level of competition goes, stuff like that. But I think that Kansas State is showing some really <laughs> impressive stuff. I think that they've played some really tough games. They've pulled out close ones. And so I think what it does is just say, hey, you know, we don't really know where everyone stands in the Big 12 this year. Because obviously, you know, you, you didn't really have another choice but to rank Iowa State dead last. And then K-State followed pretty closely behind. But um, it's, it's looking more and more unlikely that that's going to be the order of things. And so it's obviously you kind of know 
you kind of knew who was going to be pretty good coming back. You know, you knew Baylor was still going to be good. You know, you, you figure that Kansas will, will get it figured out and they'll probably be near the top as well. But there's, I think the bottom of the conference is going to be certainly different than people were expecting coming into the season. Yeah. Look, uh, lowest ranked team in Kim Palm in the big 12 is TCU at 82nd. They're six and one. Um, so yeah, I, I, again, this will be a significantly stronger bottom of the conference than it was last year. And I think the middle is stronger even than last year as well. Um, Baylor's still incredible. Kansas, very good. Um, Texas has been solid. Like, I, it's still a good conference, as always. It's going to be gnarly. How many teams can the Big 12 get in the tournament? It, it's, it's, that's, I mean, that's always the question year after year is, how many can they get? I mean, can they get seven? I, that would be incredible. We'll see what happens. This is Brandon Phoenix, a.k.a. I also hate Pitt, joined by my brother, Jeremy J.N. Fiend Phoenix. We are the Raspy Voice Kids. We do the Raspy Voice Kids podcast. If you love West Virginia University, you will love our podcast. If you don't care about West Virginia University, you will love our pop culture segment. It begins every single episode. You can join in the fun anytime, anyplace. Get at your boys. Uh, Jamie, men's or women's side. That's where I want to talk about here now. That's where I want to go. Macau uh, girls. Yeah. Uh, but look at the women's side. Baylor has a loss. Iowa State's 8-1. and one. They're looking really good. Texas playing well. You know, Kansas, Oklahoma seems to have turned things around pretty quickly with this new hire. Talk to me about the top of the conference. How, how are we looking so far? Well, you know, the conference right now is, again, non-conference is just so apples to oranges because some teams play such a hard slate and some teams schedule easily. And that's, you know, for good reason. But I do really like where the conference is at in that I think that there's going to be a lot of really good games. It doesn't feel like the status quo of the assumption that Baylor's just going to run away with it. You know, I was surprised by how, um, how far ahead Baylor was ranked number one in the preseason. And I genuinely just think that that's such a holdover of it being habit and also not really knowing who you give your number one vote to, if it's not Baylor. Um, but I think that top of the conference is going to be Extremely competitive. Texas is looking really good. Um, Iowa State has looked good so far. Obviously had a really tough road test at LSU. But frankly, I said this on our broadcast today. If you can go and you drop one like that in the non-conference and you can learn from it and you can be better the next time you face a really physical team like that, which is going to happen in the Big 12 a lot, you'd rather lose that one in the non-conference anyway. So I think there's a lot of lessons there. Baylor obviously is still really talented, still has really, really talented players. But in the past couple of years, they've looked a little bit more human. And God, I mean, West Virginia is a solid team. Oklahoma's pulling things together. I mean, even Kansas is still looking good. Um, I think that they're probably going to be better than they have been. They've been just like kind of struggling to put together pieces in the past couple of years. And they're looking a little bit better this year, but Top to bottom, I think 
really men's and women's side is in a really good spot where you're going to get a lot of very, very entertaining games this year. Yeah. I mean, OU's only loss is a, is a close loss to a really good Oregon team. I mean, they've looked really good. They got a win over Mississippi state. Um, I owe you this turnaround at Oklahoma might be really quick. Baylor. I mean, they've been, they're, they're Baylor. They're, they're always good. I, they do. See, we thought they were vulnerable last year and they still won the conference. So, so who knows? I mean, Iowa State's been solid. They have a huge matchup with Iowa this week as well. It's just that week. And you mentioned it, Kansas. I mean, your only loss right now is is a loss to, to a really good Tennessee team by, by 10. And it, it's, yeah, Kansas is good. I, I do think, I, I don't think the depth on the women's side is the same as the men's. Like, I don't think the bottom is as strong as the bottom on the men's side. But mm-hmm. I still think you have a really good conference. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this conference plays out. And again, how many teams can they get into the postseason? Like, how, how many? Can we can we get six or seven? I don't know if they can on the women's side, but I'm really, really intrigued to keep a close eye on that. Obviously, as football season starts wrapping up, we can dive more into that. I'm very excited about it, as we always do. Uh, real quick before we wrap here, uh, you've been, uh, your stuff over there at Bovada, Jamie, do, do I need to start, do you need to start telling me ahead of time? So I start putting some money down. Do I, are, 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 are I, you? I put them out ahead of time. I put them out ahead of the games. It no, just you gotta depends text on me. when like, they I don't, post. I can't, oh. I can't just, you know, hardcore look like you gotta, you gotta. <laughs> All right. Hey, yeah, no. So this past week. Um, I really dove into it hard. Uh, it was tough today as we're recording Sunday. Uh, Iowa State had the first game of the day. Bovada's a little bit late on some of the lines sometimes. They post men's lines the night before, the, but the women, they generally post the day of. And so if it's a really early game, they sometimes don't post it early enough for me to make a pick if I'm doing other things, which today the other things was broadcasting my own game. So I only got one of the five games picked today four that are eligible for picking because if it's not clear for various legal and compliance reasons, like I can't pick Iowa state's games, but that one. And then the rest of the week combined, I went nine and two and those two losses, the two missed picks were actually both ones that I said, I'm picking them because I'm picking every single big 12 game, but the spreads were over 25 points. And so I said, I wouldn't bet on them. If I were like recommending my picks to people, I said, I'm going to pick it just because I feel like I should, but it's not a good pick. It's not a reliable pick. I don't pick on games with that big of spreads because at that point you're flipping a coin of whether they're going to pull out their starters early or whether they you know want to pound someone into the ground so those are the two that I missed so it's interesting women's basketball is something where uh historically there have been fewer upsets but this year we're seeing a lot of upsets and so it definitely is beneficial to watch a lot and have a lot of experience with the game I'm not saying that uh, my picks are an investment strategy necessarily, but we're off to a <laughs> really good start. That. I'm not, not saying it either, but we are, we're off to a really good start. Um, I I've made a couple bucks. I'm, I'm really having a blast with it. I think it's super fun. I've had a couple people engaging with them. And so, uh, I really have a good time with that. And my dad has joined me, uh, and, and kind of following along with the, and stuff so he likes numbers he's you know been in 
uh, accounting and stuff. So he has a good time with it, but yeah, it's been really cool. This past week was a really successful one. We'll see about this week. Um, there's not a lot of like really, really good games on the slate this week. So unfortunately it looks like we're probably going to have some more pretty long lines, but um, you know, that aside, there's going to be plenty to go. And then obviously when we get into conference play, that's when we get some really, really fun games to pick, but it's starting off really well. I'll continue to post every single day of the big 12 plays. And yes, I can absolutely give you a heads up of my picks. <laughs> All right. So go follow Jamie at J S T E Y Z hashtag bet on women as she, uh, she posts her, uh, betting lines for, from Bavoda and Bavada. Uh, if you want to start poking at them to be a sponsor on the show, we can use a betting sponsor if they feel so inclined. That's that's the goal. I, I just need them to notice me. I've gone too long. I didn't bring a drink of water in here, so I'm not coughing up a lot. Okay. No let's wrap on this. Uh, of course, give us a follow on Twitter at 1012network. Oh, my gosh. T-E-N number 12, the word network. Do us a favor. Leave us a rating and a review. Five stars, please. Leave us a review. We will read it here on the show. Uh, don't forget to check out every show in the network. Jamie. Uh, you can hear her again on our basketball show, Midwest Madness, with yes. Christine Butterfield. It's going to be a great show. Make sure you go check that out. You can find the link to it. Midwest Madness is on Twitter. Available everywhere podcasts are available. You can also find it along with all the rest of our shows at 1012network.com. T-E-N, number 12, the word network. Follow us, rate us, review us, share us with a friend. Appreciate it, guys. Uh, we will be back on Thursday. I think we're doing bowl picks this week. We may save it for next week. I got to figure that out. I got to figure out the schedule for the rest of the year. It's December. It's crazy. It's wild. We'll be back on Thursday. I'll have something. You'll find out what it is then. Podcast Network.